do, do, do. Well, hello, everybody. How's my sound? Am I crystal clear here down in the basement now? I'm inside uh, and hopefully uh, streaming clear to you guys. Last week, we had a little technical difficulties, but we are the Preferred Lines Podcast. That's Joe Idoni. I'm Chad Ecker. They are always going to find us cracking beers and enjoying the PGA Tours betting board. Um, this week's the uh, John Deere, actually. Look what I just know. <laughs> <laughs> JDC, man. I love the new book- studio setup. So where are you at now? You're inside? Yeah. Uh, falling apart already. Got to get some tape up there. In that corner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're real professionals here. Hashtag not experts. No. Um, Joe, I don't know why I didn't move down in the basement earlier. I was just like kind of having fun being out in the garage, playing up <laughs> the fact that I was like wearing a winter hat in the winter. It's freezing my- cold or way too hot, right? Yeah. Um, you know, partially because this was fake and never real. And then I never really wanted to like convert my life back to being real down in the basement. And so I kind of just let it play out. But dude, I don't know if I could have been out there the last few uh, days. It's been so freaking hot here in Minnesota. And, you know, whatever. Might as well just move inside. Move it inside, man. Everyone's doing it. It's good stuff. In the comforts of your own home, drinking beers, talking golf with buddies. Yes, right amongst the storage, the treadmill, and the laundry, and all that stuff. But Joe, how's your Fourth of July, buddy? You did win any money? Did you win it that hashtag mega product? Yes, we both hit Cam Davis. Let's go! And Louis Louis uh, Herbert or whatever his name is, Luca. Yes, both doubled up on the Euro Tour PGA Tour double. Like yes, the rarity right. of that is insane to both hit that. Um, had a solid DraftKings week as well. Hit a couple of top 20s. It was a good week. You know, I needed one of those. So I'm off and running now for a late summer push here in golf. We got the JDC this week, followed by the Open Championship, Olympics, Ryder Cup right around the corner. Uh, let's make some money, brother. Let's make some money. Did you make any on the Jock Market? We're friends of uh, the Jock Market app. You can find it Jock MKT by searching a specific app store that your phone has. Uh, you know, I missed out the week before, but I did catch a Cameron Cameron combo. I had Cameron Davis and Cameron Tringali, and they helped me make a little bit of a profit on the Jock Market app. Um, I didn't see you at the top for the third week in a row. Did you? No, no, it's tough to top 10 three weeks in a row. I was not up there. Gary Woodland sunk the ship, uh, but mm-hmm. Cam Tringali held it together for mm-hmm. me. Uh, to create only a small loss. That's the beauty of Jock Market, right? We talk about it that, that you can't really uh, get crushed if you absolutely whiff on a week because, uh, you know, depending on how you place your guys, you're always going to have a couple of guys up there and there's a ton of room for potential. Use that promo. If you haven't tried it yet, like, what are we doing here at this point? Get in there. It's a ton of fun. It's awesome. You will love it. Oh, we got some people in the chat. We got our guy, uh, Stewie's always in here. He's saying that. I look great, or you know, my studio. I was Thanks, dude. Uh, and then we got from Mill- Fran Millionaire. This yes. dude, what up, dude? Business. So he's here. He says, "Stay hot," because we are kind of hot. Oh, Brian's in the chat. What up, bro? There he is. He's a, what up, Brian? He's a real bro, that Brian. He's a dude. He's a dude. We he's like dude. dudes. All right, dude. Let's get to the betting board uh, for the John Deere Classic. I will share the screen if you're on YouTube. You could see me showing the DraftKings betting board. Um, 
I'll try to describe it the best I can for the iTunes listener. This will be on iTunes. We are on there. If you could uh, do us a favor and, you know, rate and review, like, and subscribe. Hey, if you think we suck or you think we should do something different, email us or let us know. DM us. We're open on the DMs. We're trying to improve the product and make this thing, you know, community thing. So tell us what to do. Yeah. If you think we can improve, by all means, if you think we suck, just keep it to yourself and... <laughs> Go watch somebody else's show. Uh, but if you, you are here and you enjoy it, uh, go down right below our screen here. Hit that little thumbs up button. It goes a long way toward helping us and helping people see us. Um, so that'd be a huge help. Thanks, guys. Okay, Joe, the tippity tip top this week is Daniel Berger. Okay, that's cool. He's at 11 to 1 on this sports book. You have a couple guys under 20 to 1, including Brian Harmon and Sung J.M., Interested in those names? Mm, not really. You know, yeah. nice Sunday push by Sungjae. Um, yeah. He actually had a pretty good week, and I was kind of thinking he was going to have a good week. I missed out on some shares on him on the jock market late in that IPO push, but not a whole lot of love for Harmon. I know the course history is great. I know the wedges are great, um, but 16-1 to 1 Brian Harmon I'm not really here for. Daniel Berger, I think an argument could be made that there is some value there in, in Berger, at least at double digits. With how weak and shitty this field is in comparison to other events, that said, week before a major championship, uh, I'm not going to get too loose. So, you know, the pockets are a little bit flush for both of us after last week, but no mm -hmm. sense to run to the counter and throw down a bunch of money on Dan Berger, 11-1. to 1. The form's been great, uh, just not normally. We're not the types to bet favorites, right? No. This is a long shot season, Joe. We're about to get to those names, but before we get out of here, do you think that there's something to what you said about the top of the board here? Maybe they have a, it's like, shouldn't they win? Especially when you're looking at the 15 to ones where normally in a field, it's like really good players at the 10 to ones and 15 to ones. And then there's really still good players at 50 to one. The drop off is extreme this week from the burger Harmon. I mean, even Harmon is a stretch, but you know, burger, it kind of feels like, I don't know if there's stats behind the best guys in the field, like a DJ, when he comes into those shitty fields, sometimes he just runs away with it. Can we see that? Is that something that, that we should be concerned about? Yeah, I think there's a large contingency that we'll get to later that's like basically 30 to 1 to like 90 to 1. I feel like they're all very similar in terms of the tier of player and the caliber of player that they are. Berger stands alone, man. Like he he is a, a tier A 1B, like A minus tier is Dan Berger. And then it's a huge drop off, I feel, in my opinion, even to Harmer, Harmon and Sung JM. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to just say this week, uh, I'm just going to bet my 11 to 1. And, and there's no like 11 to 1 on a Super Bowl outright future is a great mm. odds. Like, you're going to, mm. you know what I mean? So, there's nothing wrong with 11 to 1. Um, I'm going to probably take it a little bit easier this week, just with a major championship next week. And obviously, the, the, the weakness of the field uh, factored mm -hmm. in this week. So, but yeah, definitely a case to be made that Berger is just far and away the best player in the field. Just go bet him and write this thing off until Sunday afternoon. I can't be mad at it. Okay. Um, now, the next two names that are in the 20s here, you have Russell Henley and you have Kevin Streelman. The way that they have played, they're pretty much poised as dudes that should get a win. Can it come here this week in the 20s? 
I feel like there's a lot of things going very solid for Kevin Streelman right now. It's just, it's the number to me. Like, I feel like there's some guys in the fifties that we'll get to that aren't far behind him, but a great wedge player. The course history is spectacular. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you kind of sit on those two guys? I'm not in on Henley, uh, but where, like, where do you stand on either one of those? You in on them? Not, you know, like I said, I mean, like the drop off between Berger and these guys is so far that you might as well get a little money's worth with the 40s and 50s, like you were saying. So I might not go there on the betting board to an outright win. I may look more on DraftKings to use Russell Henley or Struman in my lineups, just therefore save maybe a thousand bucks and you don't have to dip into the 6k range for your last guy on DraftKings. You're the DraftKings expert though. You're the one that's dominating my league every single week and winning hashtag mega profits of hundreds of dollars. Um, do you think, do you think that's kind of a good strategy if you wanted to get a piece of Henley or Struman to do that on DraftKings or jock market? I do. I think the Streelman and Jock Market will be nice. I wonder about his popularity. My th- like, I have like this has been my best DraftKings year ever um, by far. So it's 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 for me. It's like it's the last thing that I do, which I think is helpful for me because mm-hmm. I, I you know I get my outrights in place. I do all my research. I, I grind all week at this stuff and try to isolate my targeted guys. Then I move on to the Jock Market IPO, and then it's like. You know, I'm laying in bed Wednesday night, and it's like, let me just build a couple lineups. Like you had to text me last week, don't forget <laughs> to, to put your lineups in, and I ended up winning the league again. So it's like I'm, I'm on a I'm on a good run there. I, I hope to continue it. But you yeah. know what that you know why it is you know why it is it's because you're uh, hanging out with that Rick Run Good guy on Wednesday nights, and it's just kind of just rubbing off on me. Yeah. I think so. I mean, he's a real expert. The run good is just running through the the computer waves right into me. I don't know. Well, you better be watching that show. It's uh, what time is it? Like 8 o'clock Eastern time when it starts? 8.15 Wednesday. See you guys there. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, Rick's giving names out. Do you think he's given any of the names out in the 30s this week? Look at Cameron Davis, the the champion last week, the winner of the RMC, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He's here. Cameron Davis. Could he follow it up with another win? back-to-back Davis oh that's tough but what a finish though for our guy like basically needed Eagle Birdie to to get into himself into a playoff and did it like when does that ever happen uh the chip in Eagle was incredible I was going nuts in the hotel room up in Orlando then he followed that up by sticking a nine iron to like five feet and then was like stones, nails in the playoff. Like every drive down the fairway, every shot coming in, every wedge was was close. Um, he was great. I was happy to see Neiman exit early because I was worried about Neiman. Even though like I wasn't going to be mad if Neiman won because I felt like he should have won going bogey free. That's insane. I saw Luke tweeted it out like, don't think we'll ever see that happen again. A guy go bogey free for 72 holes, right. get into a playoff. Have his first bogey. See you later. Here's third place. Uh, and Troy Merritt was just there to ruin the day, but Cam hmm. Davis uh, did it for the community. You, I, a ton of people were on him, so it was awesome. But I'm not well, going like, to bet him to go back to back just yet. Right? Yeah, and especially well, we've since been talking about him all year. Like, like yeah. it was like a running joke. Like, are you are you going to bet Cam Davis? Like, we're like, of course we're going to bet Cam Davis. Like, he's going to win. Um, we saw well, it. So it's good to see that come to fruition. They hung that 125 on it, so it's kind of like you just an auto bet. That's why you put a dollar on it. That's why I'm a dollar better. I mean, it makes you know, I don't bet a dollar on every single person or I suggest to bet on everybody, but at the same time, for 125 to one, like 
so risky knowing it's 125 to one that there's they are a long shot vegas doesn't respect them so therefore you know you put a dollar on it you get a little bit of coverage there and it can save your week and that's what it did we've been on davis though it's because he's good at golf he's tall and swings beautifully smashes the shit out of it he's one of the next best aussies to come out he's young and fresh hip now with it wow so shocking there there is a guy at 125 to one this week same price on DraftKings that i'm interested in that i'll tell you about in about five minutes here but before we get to that let's go back to the betting board any more interest in some of these names like there's a name here with some interest that uh who's in the chat here just asked about zach johnson from Mil- friend millionaire he's asking is this the same guy zach johnson <laughs> should we bet him so surprisingly i was looking a little bit into zach johnson so Fran Millionaire, first of all, the wedges have been really good for him. We know – thank you, Stewie. Let the people know. Um, mm-hmm. We know that he can kind of – is a great putter, and he can get very hot, which is obviously what has won this tournament, right? Gaining a ton of – you're going to need 25 under likely to win. Uh, but let me run through Zach Johnson's sort of course history here for you, which is if you're a course history truther, which I have kind of become to a degree this year, uh, listen to this. 37th last year. Terrible. Write that off. That's the worst you're going to hear. 16th, 5th, 34th, 3rd, 2nd, 2nd, 1st, 3rd. Like the guy has been nothing short of dominant in Illinois. I know that I believe he's from the Midwest. I'm not sure if it's exactly here, but uh, I think that's why he plays it every year. Obviously has an affinity for it. The course is not long. It sets up tailor-made for sort of his strengths. Um, but I just think the price is a little bit short there. What did you have it at? Was it 40 to one? I mean, this book's got it at 35. Yeah. Can't do that. There's a couple other guys I like better to sort of break through. I just feel like he's kind of on the, the tail end of, of his best golf. Now, if we're going to line up and bet Stricker and we've seen these older guys sort of have a resurgence with Bubba last week and Phil, um, yeah, maybe he has something left in the tank. I mean, yeah. Uh, we're in the quad cities. That's, you know, it's basically right on the edge of Iowa's eastern border and Illinois' western border. And on my family's from just on the uh, Iowa side of that. So my dad's side of the family. And I've been down there. Uh, I, you know, I'm not even sure if my cousins might be going to the tournament they have in the past. So uh, that is a Zach Johnson area. Uh, I don't know if he's born in Iowa. I'm pretty sure he is. So therefore, you know, we like those narratives. Yes. Joe, I I have fun things coming up on my Twitter page. I'm Eddie Diner Real G on Twitter. Tomorrow, I've come up with this concept of building 20 lineups in DraftKings. I've taken the 20 most popular narratives that everybody talks about each week, and I'm building a lineup that correlates exactly with that narrative. So therefore, on Sunday, when we look at my results, we can see how did I have this this combo of names? And was it recent form team that won? Or is it all guys with H as last names? Or is it, you know, stats-based or gut-based? Which of my 20 teams, based on the narratives, will rise to the top? And one of the narratives is regional, hometown, cooking, course, you know, that kind of whole thing. It's got to be. Yeah, so uh, obviously Zach Johnson's on that. And yes, you know what? We're going to have to talk to our friends at Jock Market and get on that. Iowa is not able to play on Jock Market, so that's not our friends at Iowa can't do that. So that's Listen, sucks. it's not our friends at Jock Market's fault. I can tell you that. I've been in <laughs> talk with them. They are pushing every state to sort of make this happen. Uh, I believe 30 
six of the 50 states now it is completely legal in um, but when we first started it was like all the necessary paperwork or whatever you have to do to like do it in all 50 states uh we're just waiting on you need to elect better people there in iowa it's really what it comes down to go go get out there and vote if you Dude, see you just, jock market on the ballot vote yes they got real sports books in iowa and they don't need our the jock market app they don't even need that they can go bet real money uh pga touts in on the first time winner narrative this week which there's this pga splits 101 guy that tweets out uh some trends and he tweeted out some trends about that first time winners here have been like pretty common so you can go look at that guy's twitter account yeah and even guys um, like that haven't um really have any course history like fratelli showed up here la- not last year sorry because last year was canceled but he showed up here the first time and won i, right. I believe bryson did the same thing spieth i think first time winner here so yeah i got a couple for you um okay. guys that are gonna break through this week i know it what about is well we can get out of this section and go to the 40s because we're you know we can talk about norrin's He's going to be fine, and see who's got the motivation. He's not playing at the Open. We know all those things. What about Maverick McNeely as the guy to first-time win? Could he be he the one? Close. He was close. Okay, he was And he still might make the card. I just haven't pulled the trigger on him quite yet. Norin, I thought about awesome last week. I've been kind of on him in the jock market for a little while, so he's definitely been trending well and been playing really well with his short game. Finally, the putting came around last week. Uh, made some interesting comments about how, like his wedge play, and how he kind of figured something out how to not spin it quite as much. But you're 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 paying forty to one because of last week's result when he should sure. be eighty to one. So totally. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy it in now at this point. Um, so yeah, I moved on past both those. What about did you do McNeely? Oh yeah, I'm on McNeely. Okay, I might get there. I mean, I just think that there's skill there. The 45 is very stupid. It should be definitely more than that. But he really – he has the ability to – he has that that gene, the little uh, killer gene a little bit, and has the – he's motivated. His wife is a PGA or LPGA player or his girlfriend. I'm not sure if they're married. But, the, I mean, the whole thing, like, they care about winning. Like, Maverick McNeely's not there for the money. We know that because his dad is a billionaire. So, Maverick McNeely is there for trying to prove that he can win on the PGA Tour. And at 45-1, to 1, in this field, like, it's – I feel like it's not necessarily fair, but it's fair enough for me to take it. I'm waiting to see if it drops to 50 before I lay the hammer on it. But at 45, I'll be all right with it, Maverick McNeely. Okay. Is it so? Is it Seamus Power, the one that you're trying to peg as the first time winner? Because no, he's here at 45. Know, Doc Redman, Dad. <laughs> well, Doc. Come on. Okay. Doc Redman's 50 to 1. This is his week. This is Doc's week. Is uh, it? Listen, the 50 to 1, you are getting that. He was 50 to 1 last week in a much stronger field. I think that you're only getting that price because of a poor miscut where he lost 2.1 strokes putting last week. Um, you have a 55 right there on DraftKings. I would grab that. The putting has really flipped for him. He had gained strokes putting in the six previous events before he lost last week. The approach play has returned five starts in a row with positive uh, strokes gain in the approach category. Tenth in approach overall in the field. The proximity with these wedges has been fantastic. Hmm. He's got to roll in some putts, but he really is like Mr. Birdie Fest, basically. Um, anytime the strokes gain, when I looked at uh, by difficulty that the course played on, when it plays really easy, Doc is tremendous. He's almost a stroke per round. Other than that, medium and hard, he's not great. He's about level of 
field. Bent is the only surface in which he gains strokes putting. 55 to 1. Doc, let's go. This is this is it, right? This is the week. Like, look at this field. He's got to he's gonna top five here. He's gonna top five. Well, the He's the type of player similar to Tom Hoagie. So my friend on the fantasy golf pod, Eric Martins, loves Tom Hoagie because he plays golf at a place that Tom Hoagie used to play at. Either way, I've been hearing about Tom Hoagie for a while, and Tom Hoagie's really good at birdie fests too, and there's a mentality behind that um, where you go for every pin and you can't play smart because you're so aggressive and it's boring to play smart. So like maybe Doc has that in his game where – it's not, you know, he doesn't want to plot around and take, you know, par, par, par to have that one time to have a chance at birdie. Same with Hoagie where they just fire at every pin. So uh, I'm down for some uh, dock in a birdie fest, especially here. I honestly uh, do. Like, I genuinely feel like, and I talk about dock a lot, so I'm obviously a homer. So factor that in that I'm not exactly unbiased in this selection. This is like, like the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> His betting number is usually not, even though I take it a lot, is not reflective, I think, of his chances to win. I think that there's a popularity factor to him, which we don't always get true odds on Doc. We're usually paying a significantly juiced price because we know a lot of people are going to want to bet him. Anyone that looks at Fantasy National and runs a model, they know he's going to pop because he does everything statistically pretty well and has for a while. Uh, But... This week, I honestly feel like this is a very fair number with these guys that he's priced around. Um, more sure. Glover, like I think that he's as talented as any of them, and I think that he's hungry for a victory the week before a major championship. Uh, he's one of these guys that has to circle this tournament and say, this is an opportunity. This field sucks. Let me go beat Dan Berger and a couple of other guys who may be looking for past this week in trying to board a plane early over to Royal St. George's and go get my victory, secure my tour card, get the FedEx cup points and all that comes with that. Get in WG. Like it's a big opportunity for a Mm -hmm. guy like doc. uh, And I think it's a fair number. There's two other gentlemen in the same section of uh, 55 to one that have that opportunity to, to treat this like a major to come in and take their first win on tour. Doug Gim, it's 55 to one. You also have Harold Varner, the third at 55 to one kind of fit the course kind of have the motivation. Do we go there too? I mean, it's two bucks. You win a hundred bucks. Yeah, I did take Harold Varner. Actually, I didn't get him at 55. I got Harold Varner. I believe it um, 80 to one. Earlier today. Well, that's so, nice. Yeah. Okay. So Harold what did you want? And my other guy in this range is I'm going back for the third week in a row to Hank Lebiota. This is like, I feel like I, I, I'm kind of beholden to Hank Lebiota at this point because he's, he's gained, he's won me money in the top 20s back to back weeks. He's given me a nice Sunday sweat. I honestly thought on Sunday that he was going to be the long shot guy to do it for me and not Cam Davis. Dude, he was a negative number on uh, the live three board. Three that par five, and I'm like, oh, he just left that first one so short. And how do you leave the one short on 18 as well when you know oh, God, that you got to it? So it was disappointing. He was on the wrong side of the pin, but it doesn't change the fact that um, with wedges at around 100 to 125 yards, he's one of the best players in the field right now. He's gaining strokes putting. He's gaining strokes on approach. He's hitting a lot of fairways, which I think is going to go a little bit overlooked this week, the importance of not being in the rough, uh, mm-hmm. playing out of the fairway. If you want to make birdies 
which this course requires for success, you have to do it from the fairway. It's particularly you get preferred lies a lot of times. Um, you know, if they play those type of conditions, ball in hand always helps you make more birdies. It's just going to be huge this week if you're going to shoot these six, seven, eight under rounds to be in the fairway. I got Lebiot at 66 and Varner at 80. Okay, so then if you want to find a fairway, you want to find Ches Reeve on your card? He's 55 too. Did you do it? I didn't do it at 55. I think I have a 75 on Ches. Okay. Felt right. Talk me into Ches. Why? Just based on the fact that Brian Harmon is mini Ches. They're the same human being, basically, and he's 20 to 1, whereas Ches is uh, 55 to 1. I feel like they have the same games. They could come in here and play the exact same way. Granted, you know, based on how they've performed in the past their past stats would dictate yes Harmon has a little bit better chance of winning but the course sets up for Chez feels like uh, a couple weeks ago you know there's a course where Chez won on tour that's kind of similar so I mean I don't know I, I liked Chez I, I just liked all these 55s that kind of feel like this is their time they're they know when they come to certain courses they can't win Chez knows he has a chance here so I'm into that yeah, he's turned it around, too. Absolutely. He played pretty well um, a couple of weeks ago. He got himself into the U.S. Open. He qualified there. He played reasonably well out. So, yeah, I, I, it makes some sense. Now, I've seen some love for Norlander, for Vegas, for Hostler's recent form. There's other names here. Is there any long shots that we're trying to get in on? Is this, uh, is this the long shot range, or do we need to go even longer? Well, Here's one guy I want to mention real quick that I got at 80 to one. So not quite a hundred, but I still think 80 is, is in consideration for long shot territory. Mm -hmm. Scott Stallings. Um, You look at Scott Stallings and you think that he's like the, the idea of just the look behind him is that he's just a bomber. He's actually not. His approach play has been very solid lately. Um, top 10 in the field when I sort of looked at it. Good course history as well. 18th, 5th, 16th in three of the last four years. A couple of top 20s there. Um, yeah, you're laughing at me, but I did bet Scott Stallings 81. <laughs> Look, there's no, like, we could laugh at anybody's picks, but there's not much difference. You're splitting hairs between Stallings and Vegas and Warinsky and Hostler. Like, if you're going to bet one of these guys, you've got to sort of find a narrative for it. Um, so yeah, decent course history. The approach play has been solid. The wedge game has been good. Why not? Okay. Yeah. Just, just something about Stallings on a Sunday morning. If he's in contention and I've got the ticket, I've got no confidence he can come home. So I know. Uh, and that was like a big thing going back to that is like, I think why a lot of us were on cam Davis is because we felt that he had what it took to win. And which is why, like I said, like last week, for instance, when I took, Denny in Lebiota in in these other guys at 100 to one plus. I did the top ten and the top twenty on them, okay. right? Makes sense. So I, I sort of hedged myself because I wasn't sure they had what it takes. Cam Davis has always been a guy for me that I'm not betting a top ten or like I'm betting him to win because I think that if he's in contention and we saw that that he has a clutch factor to him. We saw him do it at the Australian Open when he took down Spieth and Jason Day. Like the dude rises to the occasion, and there's certain players that you can feel that, um, and there's certain players that may be wise to do a top ten and top twenty on just to sort of hedge yourself out. And Stallings may be one of those guys. And I have that feeling about the GIM and HV3. Granted, they haven't done it yet, but I feel like they could be in contention, and I wouldn't be shocked if they have that, I'm going to 
I'm going to take control of my destiny moment versus a wishy-washy other name, maybe like, you know, I'm not so confident in a Warinsky or a Norlander to do that in this range. I don't know, but you're paying a little bit more for those names. Do you want to go further down into the hundreds? Or are we going to find my name there? The one that I think could perform as this week's Cameron Davis. Who's your guy? <laughs> Tell me who it is. Uh, it is Matthew Neesmith. Okay. Now, there's a reason we're getting a hundred here and not a 55. And he isn't in that group of names like the Gim and the doc. And he should be, he had the stats last year. He's had the finishes. He has the narratives and the lovely stuff about his wife and the uh, RBC heritage course or whatever he proposed to her. And there were, he was going to win there and all this stuff about Matthew Neesmith. We've been hearing it for months about how his iron play is hot and great has the ability to get there. The, thing that's held Neesmith back is his putter. So that's everybody pretty much that has really good skill on the PGA Tour, <laughs> i.e. Morikawa and JT and those guys. Not comparing Neesmith to those names by any means. The guy's already 28 or 9 years old. It's like older than those people. But at the same time, Matthew Neesmith, he's got it on paper. So he could show up to this type of event, put it all together for four rounds, or he could get it together for two or three rounds and realize, hey, this is my moment and opportunity. And I think that he has that in his game that, to ratchet up to win and to pull it together, put it, take it home. So at 7,200 on DraftKings, at 100 to 1 here, if you can find him at 125 to 1, the same number that you can get or you could get on Davis last week. So I'm into Matthew Neesmith. Okay. I like that. My guy at 125 to one this week um, is my boy Ryan Armour. Going right back there. Um, Look, cool. Really good wedge player. He has decent course. I'm sorry, he doesn't have decent course history here, but he has decent recent form coming in. An eighth a couple of weeks ago at the Palmetto. The big thing for him with me is he's second in the field, basically in in driving gain, which fairways. So. He's going to give himself plenty of opportunities from the short grass to get himself in there for birdies. And he's just got to putt well. And he has these sort of spike weeks where he does. Like mm-hmm. last week at the Rocket Mortgage, missed cut. He lost 2.7 putting. The Travelers the week before made the cut but finished in the bottom half of the guys who made the cut, lost 2.3. The week before that, he gained 5.8. So, like, he has the ability to sort of get hot with the putter. Um, mm-hmm. One of these times, if he's in the fairway enough, if he's got enough wedges in his hand, he's going to give himself plenty of opportunities this week. He's got to get through the sort of cut line on Friday and give himself a good early number to, I think, get going. But we've seen him close it out in a short course. I believe he won at the RSM. So um, why not? Armor, well, one, yeah. five to one. And he's a Midwest guy. He landed on my narrative team of uh, region area there's not many people from the midwest playing in this tournament um let's see shank is someone that popped for me on a couple of things he's at 100 to 1 um he feels like a name that we've been trying to say and give credit to for doing things so maybe this could be his chance to show up and shine vincent whaley he's still doing things he hasn't gone to whaley yet so maybe we keep going there maybe not outright anything else should we get out of here so a couple, one thing I wanted to mention, the fall from grace of Cameron Champ is like seeing oh him down here with these names is pretty astonishing. Like he's down here with Kadira and Danny Lee and Roger so Sloan. Like I know that this isn't a great setup for his type of game, but the guy won twice basically 
in a season before this. He was one of the new like up-and-comer guys. He's shown the ability to get a hot putter. He's shown the ability to compete in major championships at the Masters. Like it just mm-hmm. seems like his name really like jumps off the board at me at 125 to one. Cause you just never quite know when he's going to pop, but he has a skill set and an asset that no one else in the field probably has. So th- it's hard to really um, quantify, like if he can get that going and working in his favor, you know, his, his form has been terrible. I know, but just, yeah. it just seems like he doesn't belong in that range as a guy who's won twice in the last three years. Well, dude, I, I like said it last week. I was ready for his, has boom week because we know yeah. he goes on these busts busts and then he booms so it happens for cameron champ now is something off with him overall in like a sense that we got to give him time and give him space because this is something that's lingered now more than just a couple tournaments in a row and he can find it on the range and figure it out i think it's a little more than that maybe it's uh you know a little home life i don't know what's going on or what i just think that there's yeah, it's avoidable to me. So I don't, and I love Cameron Champ, and I was on him last week because I thought, oh, bomber narrative week. Oh, he Bryson wins, and this is a Cameron Champ course. Go, so let's do it. And he just can't talk worse shit, so he just can't save himself. So I'm probably off of that. I know. As much as another one that randomly is like really down there and just names, um, TPJ. I don't know. Ted Potter <laughs> yeah. Jr. seems like like when you throw he's got to make his money. John Deere Classic. It wouldn't like totally surprise me because he gets red hot. Um, you know, top twenty at the Valspar, where I think he was in one of the final groups on Sunday until like a late fall. Competed at Pebble, so like these shorter courses where you can kind of wedge it in or kind of in his wheelhouse. Uh, with just two two twenty five to one, like maybe worth the top twenty on TPJ. Um, I missed a question from Stewie about uh, Aaron Wise, who I like. I like Aaron Wise, but I couldn't believe when I opened the DraftKings pricing that he was ninety two hundred dollars. And I mean, at forty five to one, I just find different names I'm more confident in. But I mean, I can't really talk you out of it. Maybe. Yeah, Party Marty Laird. I saw a contest about oh, yeah. question about the Desert Fox in there. Um, you never know with him, man. It, it, it could be his week. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. Like the approach play has been fantastic in a couple of random events, like the PGA championship, for instance. So we'll see. Oh, see. Yeah. See yeah, too. Give me your take on see. I want to hear your take. <clears throat> now there are people that will come into a tournament like this after declaring they're skipping the open in order to focus on the metal of the Olympics. So that's what's happening with Siwoo and he's going to show up to this event. You would think with some seriousness and maybe trying to pretend like this is a dress rehearsal for this Olympics. So, I mean, we know that, that Siwoo needs to be taking it seriously to have a chance. So that's maybe that's a reason to do it. I know. The thing that worries me about Siwoo is I feel like he has to really remain in contention for such an extended period in order to sort of get that victory. Like when the things start going wrong, and I noticed this last week because he was in my DraftKings. Like my my lineup last week, I did two lineups. I had like 609 points. It was unreal. Like in in Siwoo was my worst player. He finished 58th. All my other guys were like – one, two, two, four, 
15. Oh, like if he could have came through, I would have won like 10 grand last week. But hmm. um, he just – and he was right there. At one point he was in second like on Saturday when I looked. And things just start going wrong and there's almost like a – I don't want to. I don't want to knock him and say there's like a give up factor, but there's like we go home now. I'm not going to win. Like it's not about like securing 20th place money for Siwoo, which would have helped me a lot if he could have just finished 20th and not imploded on Sunday. But like (laughs) there's there's a there's a I don't give a fuck factor. Like I'm here to win. You mentioned the Olympic stuff, uh, which is huge. Like obviously avoiding going into mandatory military service and probably derailing your entire career. I don't know that anyone's come back from that and been successful. It's got to be weighing heavily on him right now. So how focused is he? I don't know. Has a win rate, though, that just far exceeds anyone else in that range. When you're talking Nora and Wise, Power, Kazire, McNeely, like Siwoo has victories that these guys would kill for. Um, so, yeah, I can get behind it. I, he might be where I go off the top of the board, but you just have really – like if he gets – six back on saturday it's like over like be careful it's it's over for yeah and this podcast is over actually um it hopefully it continues to be long shot season and you're throwing a dollar on those long shot 100 ones and you're just cashing it and loving it and having fun because that's what we're trying to do we're not trying to take this seriously and bet a lot of money and have our wives tell us to stop so uh if you have a problem you can call 100 gambler or whatever the number is and get some help and stop watching us because this is just for fun. And thank you for watching. Let's have a nice uh, week and let's make some more money, right, Joe? Good luck, See you Wednesday night. Peace. See you Cheers. on the uh, Jack Market Power Hour. Later. See you over there. Peace out. Help. Peace out. Thank you guys. Oh my gosh, all the chatters. You guys are awesome. Peace out.